0: What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy Dale Lippin in here. The gang is all here. He's finally back. Trey Van Buskirk, how are you, brother?
1: Look at you, trying to be all nice and coy with me. Let's talk for a second, brother. Let's, Let's, talk. Talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. Break it down. <laughs> so I had an unfortunate event that occurred, and I had to not partake in last Tuesday's episode, which is a bummer. It's a pay-per-view card, 263. Magic wow. was supposed to happen. Yeah. Um. I leave and it didn't give you much time to pivot. You weren't able to get John Anik. You weren't able to get dobes. You weren't able to get Taylor. So you said, you know what? I'm just gonna go wild. I'm gonna get my brother. I'm gonna get shit faced. I'm gonna make some bad decisions. And it's what you did. You made all your bad decisions. You got him out. It's almost like I gave you a hall pass in this marriage and now you come crawling back. You feel gross. You look atrocious. Yeah, you, your picks. You have no money, and you're crawling back because you need me back in your life, dude. This ring means a lot.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a bloodbath from a betting perspective, but uh, your boy doesn't crawl and beg for anything, um, <laughs> so we can we can skip that narrative. Right. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, there was there was a few things that didn't go my way last Saturday. Um, <laughs> And and here's the thing, and here's here's the um here's the here's the <laughs> I got to the genesis of it, right? Mm-hmm. Is that fights or fight cards where Izzy and Drew fight on the same card, I do really poorly. My two worst events of the year yeah. were the Otisanya Blahovitz card,
1: yeah,
0: where Drew fought Islam makachev and um this last card where obviously Izzy fought Vittori and Drew fought Brad Riddell. So the common denominator is when those two are on a card together, I just need to go conservative.
1: No, dude, you just, you felt wild. You felt free. I wasn't there to kind of like hold you down on the ship and you just said, you know what? Fuck it. Let it ride. And that's what happened.
0: Yeah. But here's the thing though, is that my logic is sound and I don't think you would have picked anything different than what I picked.
1: I would have gone completely opposite of you. The whole card, I probably would have had a perfect card, oh but you know, so we'll never so know.
0: That would have been your first perfect card ever. Then that yeah, was probably going to be it. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes a ton of sense. Um, so what? What was your biggest? What did you take the most umbrance
1: with? Nate Diaz was the biggest winner of two sixty three.
0: <sighs> from a from a morality <laughs> fickle fan base perspective, but not. For performance, he did exactly what I said he was going to do: go out there and get his face ripped off and suck for 25 minutes.
1: Hey, you know, fan favorite. I don't know how you come out of that. Like to your point, you win the last 45 seconds of a 25 minute fight, and it may everyone thinks the narrative is that you won. You didn't win. Um, you know, talk about the un- most unlucky person that is Leon Edwards. You're winning the fight through and through, but it looks like a loss on your record even though it's not. To get those higher title fights, that's not a statement win by him, even though it was a statement win.
0: It was in the sense that Nate Diaz's name is on his record now, but the problem with that is, is that that was always going to be a lose-lose situation for him. If he beats Nate Diaz, they go, well, yeah, he should beat Nate Diaz. He's an elite welterweight, um, and Nate you know, has only won one fight in the last – whatever 3 years or whatever the case may be yeah. and isn't even in the top 15 of welterweight so leon is supposed to beat him and then if you lose that fight you lost everything so it was a lose lose situation for him i don't i wouldn't have taken that fight to begin with outside of just getting an easy payday and putting nate's name on his on his record and i said he was going to do that I said he was going to go out there. It was going to be uncompetitive. He's going to beat the hell out of him for 25 minutes. And, he, and I was wrong in the sense that he beat the hell out of him for 24 minutes and 38 seconds. My bad. My not bad. It, yeah, bad. That, that, other than that, it was spot on. He ripped his face off. He was bleeding everywhere. It wasn't competitive. Right off the I mean, Nate Diaz, I'm, I'm just, I will double. I, there are very few MMA hills I will die on. I will die on this one. Nate Diaz is not good. He's not good. <laughs>
1: outside of that i think the only thing i really took away from 263 if i'm looking back at it um you know me i don't want to body shame i don't want to culture shame i don't want to shame in any way shape or form but
0: always do though
1: i know always do i have to ask dude i'm just like chomping at the bit is marvin vittori retarded
0: I mean, again, with the hard R's, and that has nothing to do with body shame or culture. That is, <laughs> that is something to do with right. mental development. And right. I don't know, man. You know, God doesn't make everybody equal all all around the world. He might be of a lesser intelligence, but I don't think his chromosome counts off. I think he's all right. He just, you know, he's just not the most intelligent dude. I'm not. You're not winning any spelling bees with Marvin Vittorio on your
1: team. Did you score any of those rounds for Marvin?
0: So let's talk about that for a second, because Marvin said that he won the fight. Um, And obviously people think that the fight was very one-sided. That being said, I don't think either one of those guys were very effective at all. Mm -hmm. At the end of the fight, at the end of a 25 minute fist fight, somebody should look like they got into a fist fight for 25 minutes. Instead, we had a half hour runaround of of high stakes punch face where they both looked like they did before they walked out. I don't think either guy was that effective. I I mean, I'm okay with you scoring it for Izzy. I'm okay with saying Izzy won every round, but dude, do I feel like Izzy won the fight? Like won the fight? I don't know, man. I, I feel like Nate Diaz has a better argument in winning the fight against Leon than Izzy does in beating Vittori. Because I don't know.
1: I'm just not sold on Izzy. I'm not. I still think there's a massive void there. And we thought we were both on the train that Vittori would exploit that void, which is the ground game.
0: He didn't do any of that.
1: Didn't do any of it. And what is, what does Izzy say in his post fight press conference? Well, you know, I got my purple belt from Andre Galval at Altos and, you know, yada, yada, yada I worked on it, but it was never deployed. It was, he never had to resist it because it never actually happened. So, Dude, huge bummer there. Um, I will last takeaway from that fight though is it also weird we saw Izzy hump Paulo Costa and we also saw Izzy grab Marvin Vittori's ass at the end of the fight? Are we reading into this at all?
0: Well, I, th- I mean, I don't think anybody would disagree that Israel is is super suspect. Um, he, always, <laughs> oh, he always has been. Listen, he, he okay. Well, let's just, let's just go in. Let's just go in. <laughs> just we're we're going to get canceled. Let's get canceled before the ad reads. Let's do it. Um, yeah. I mean, he wears those little loose flowy shirts with the buttons down all the time. He's constantly dyeing his hair pink. He walks feminine. He talks feminine. Um, and at a certain point, right at a certain point, if I can't touch you before the way in, uh, or at weigh-ins or at the ceremonial face-offs if i'm not allowed to touch you anymore lauren murphy came out and said that they told them in the back if you touch somebody it's an automatic fine don't touch anybody if i can't do that then there needs to be some sort of if if all things considered personally i don't care right so this isn't the pc police i don't i don't care about any of this um at a certain point then you need to police what happens inside the cage if i can't um If I can't touch you at the ceremonial weigh-ins and I can't do this, that, and the other, there needs to be some sort of concession about what you do to somebody inside of the cage if it is of a sexual nature. Mm -hmm. Whether it's in jest or not, they have rules against pressure points and joint manipulations of the fingers and stuff like that. I can't grab your nipple and twist. Like There are small idiosyncratic rules like that. Mm -hmm. I can't oil check you. Remember the big thing that was with the Paul Craig Shogun fight? He got all mad because... Shogun hit him with the oil check. You're not allowed to do that. So Izzy shouldn't be able to grab his ass cheeks and jiggle them or try to hump them while they're on the ground. It's Again, I I don't care about, but it's just, I don't know, man. You're asking the question. I'm posing the answer. I don't know. I
1: don't. I don't. You're, you're waving the skeleton hand if you're watching uh, the live stream back and forth across the screen. Is there a reason you brought it? Was there a fight that maybe was pure death that you saw on this card?
0: No, honestly, this just was on my desk when I came into my office, so I don't know what it's doing, and you know me, I'm, I'm a notorious fidgeter, I'm usually playing with my wedding ring or something like that, and this hand just so happened to be here, so I'm I'm you're figuring not, it out. You're
1: I'm, not reading into that? That's not really fucking weird in your household, I guess?
0: I don't, dude, I don't know, man. But like you said, it's South Carolina, so I got bones laying around my house, I guess. Oh, I don't dude. know, man.
1: The end of the, st- end of the episode, I've got a little South Carolina bone to pick with you.
0: Pick it now. Pick it now. So, real quick, before we get too far into this, we got to do a couple of things. We're 10 minutes in. Do this real quick. Drew cannot make it tonight. So, um, right. those of you that were listening from an audio perspective, waiting to hear Drew's thoughts on his fight of the night performance against uh, Brad Riddell, he can't make it. Uh, he just texted us recently and said that he had some, he was going to the dentist and they told him that he was going to have to get some. Dental work done, Novocaine, whatever the case may be. Mouth's all jacked up. He's not going to be able to talk right. So he doesn't want to come on sounding and looking like a stroke victim. So he's not on. Uh, He will be on on Tuesday when all that's cleared up. So we'll have him this upcoming Tuesday. still going to talk to him about the fight. Still going to have him on. All that kind of good stuff. Also, additionally, this episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. If you go to stayclassymeats.com, use promo code FISH. You can save 10% on your entire order. The best meat on the planet Earth. There you go. Paid the bill.
1: (laughs) Guys, also, uh, legionsclothing.com. Go to legionsclothing.com. Type in that code PUNCHER. you get 15% off site-wide. Our boy, our sponsored fighter, our man, our freaking legend that is Taylor Tombstone Johnson's fighting at the end of this month. So make sure you get his walkout shirt. If you've gotten his previous two walkout shirts, you know the designs are sick. You can also take a look at their windbreakers, all that other stuff. I know it's sweltering in South Carolina as it is here in San Diego. So maybe not a windbreaker, but check out all their T-shirts. Go to allegianceclothing.com. Punch saves you 15%.
0: Also, real quick, um, a petition to the masses while we're early. If you're a web designer, email us, chat at punchlistmma.com. If you are a web designer, hit us up. Um, we are the only thing that's standing between you guys and custom design t shirts is us finishing our website. Mm. That's it. That's it. So, if you're a web designer and you listen to the show and you want to make some money, email us chat at punchlistmma.com.
1: There you go.
0: Okay. You said you were mad at me. What else are you mad about?
1: I'm not going to get into it right now. I'm not fired up enough. No, dude, I've got Modello. which I hate because I hate Brian Ortega and I also hate Modelo, but I'm drinking it. I'm fired up, dude. UFC Vegas 29 Korean zombie, Dan Ige, Hawaii boy, freaking owning the main slot on the main card. I'm ready, dude. I'm ready. And we're going to overcome and persevere from what happened last week.
0: You said Modelo is brewed for those with a fighting spirit. You're going to back away from a fight while drinking Modelo. That seems very off brand.
1: It is. Well, when they switched from Stipe to Ortega, I kind of just was like, I'm I'm done with it.
0: What about Nunez? I think Nunez did a commercial too.
1: Oh, that's cool. I like her.
0: And it is Pride Month.
1: That is so on brand. That is The fact that you're not
0: wearing rainbow shit right now is very upsetting.
1: Oh, dude, just walk outside the garage. It is streamers down the street. It is wild, dude.
0: Perfect. Perfect. The only only colors
1: I freaking wave are these, dude. Red, white, and blue. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, you ready to get after it?
1: Let's do it, dude. I'm gonna fucking own this card. Are you sure? Ah, Dude, I'm sure. I am so. This is one of those cards we talk about it before. We've talked about it many times. Where I'm so overtly confident, I'm either Mm. gonna make a perfect card, or I'm gonna have a night like you did and just absolutely suck dick.
0: Keep (laughs) (laughs) Keep sneaking in your little shots, man. I'm paying attention to all of them. I keep. (laughs) I listen. I keep a record of everything you say. All, yeah. all, all you haters, I keep a record of all of it. All right. First fight on the main card Matt Brown taking on Diego Lima. Diego Lima at 15 and 8. Matt Brown at 22 and 18. Boy, if that ain't the saltiest record on the roster right now, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what is. Matt Brown, a plus 145 dog. Diego Lima, minus 170. Over on rounds at two and a half. Lead in. You haven't been here for a while. Do your worst.
1: Dude, I know you will. Matt Brown, one and two in his past three we talked about this ufc legends and the apex what happens dale
0: they go there to die
1: they go there to die but i just don't think diego Lima's that good
0: i don't think he's a killer at all
1: no and i think yes he's gonna have those devastating leg kicks from the outside but he's not very strong he's not very durable and matt brown's gonna make this gritty he wants to get into that ground and pound position i think you know the the biggest fault to matt brown hence the plus 145 is the age differential there's like an eight-year gap um and but the thing he's got to look at matt brown i think he's going to be the more well-rounded fighter i think if he can control the fight and exercise some ground and pound maybe a couple takedowns here and there i don't think diego lima's that good and i think that's way too heavy a price on him i'm gonna take a flyer on brown dude i think he gets it done by decision three rounds enough to just get in and get out
0: yeah, I would like to believe that even an old Matt Brown could beat Diego Lima. Lima is obviously um, on the on the tail end of the good genetic side of the Lima brothers when it comes to fighting. Uh, you know, wins in the UFC over Luke jo- Luke Jumo, Court McGee, excuse me, and Chad Lapre. Outside of that, man, he just does not look good, right? You know, losses to Jesse Taylor. Of course, Jesse Taylor was roided to the gills. Uh, lost to Yushin Okami and obviously lost to Bilal Muhammad because Bilal Muhammad will lull anyone to sleep. Um, But when you look at who he has beaten, I'm not impressed by any of those guys, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm I'm not singing the praises of the Luke Jumos and Chad Lapreze of the world. So I think that guys like Matt Brown should beat Diego Lima, the Diego Limas of the world. And to be honest with you, this is probably the most low-profile fight that Matt Brown's had in probably his last 15 fights. I mean, this is literally, hey, Matt, we're trying to give you a winnable fight. Like, this is is as favorable of a schedule as we can give you. We're giving you a guy that notoriously can't beat really anyone um, halfway decent. So here's your chance, buddy. If you can't beat Diego Lima... We can't at this point we can't even have you rematch Diego and hope that you both retire at the same time. There's nothing they can do. If he can't beat Diego Lima, there you can't have him fight Diego Sanchez again. He, 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 there's nothing else
1: for him. Well, and and Diego Lima, to your point, maybe the quality of competition isn't that great and you're not impressed by his wins. Neither am I. And if you think of those three wins, two of those three was a split decision win. Yeah. So he's not decisively winning those fights.
0: Yeah. I, I'm I'm just I don't see it, man. I don't see it now. If this was Douglas Lima, it wouldn't even be close. I'd take du- <laughs> I'd, I'd take my boy Dougie Fresh in the first round, and we call it a day. But digress. I digress. I I really think that I think Matt Brown wins this. I don't think it's gonna be pretty. He might knock him out. I don't know. I mean, Diego is pretty durable. He took a beating from Bilal Muhammad, mm-hmm. uh, but let's look for some Matt Brown dirty dirty box clinch, ground and pound, maybe a finish, maybe not. Over under rounds at two and a half. I might think about the under, but I'd probably just take the plus money on Matt Brown. I'm not going to get too cute here. Me likey. Me you likey. You likey. All right, cool. All right, man. Next up, Bruno Silva taking on your boy, Wellington Terman. Wellington Terman at 16-4. and four. Bruno Silva at 19-6. and six. Probably my most undecided fight on the card, if I'm being honest with you, Trey. I want to lean towards Wellington Terman right now. It's at a, pretty much at a pick em, but... The fact that Bruno Silva's rattled off four in a row, all of which have come by knockout, have me feeling the under more than it has me feeling picking a side here.
1: Man, dude. First off, for those who have listened to the show, they all know I cannot stand Wellington Terman. I don't have any like bad blood with the guy. I've never met the guy. I, just, I don't like how he fights. I think mm. he came into the UFC way too young. I don't like mm. his name. It sounds like some type of beef, or it sounds like a trust fund kid. It's one of those two. I don't mm-hmm. like it. Um, I don't like his fighting style. I think this line shouldn't even be closer. I think it should be much wider. I like Bruno Silva. I know he's going to be smaller. He is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. The one thing we see about Wellington tournament time and time again is the dude comes in and he gasses out in the five seconds. He's a guy that throws punches out but absorbs just as much as he throws out. So he's extremely hittable. He gasses out. And, dude, fun fact for you, Dale. These two recently came off a – they had a grappling match together. Mm. came out victorious in that, Silva. So if you don't think that's going to be like in the back of Terman's mind, like, oh, shit, if I don't KO him and I get into a grappling affair, I've already seen how this plays out the first time. That's a lot, man. In the, in the small cage, grappling heavy, BJJ, black belt, heavyweights. I'm going to go with the guy that's going to have the better card- – I'm sorry, light heavyweights. The, I'm going to go with the guy that's going to have better cardio, who has jiu-jitsu, and – mentally he's just already won the fight
0: okay i can dig it i actually like the under two and a half here i'm just gonna hope for a finish under two and a half at minus 130 i love that juice I'm, I'm gonna take that i'm gonna take that all day so middleweight
1: by the way sorry middleweight. i'm, I'm, I'm just, out of my mind right now I'm i just think Wellington is so fat that he is a heavyweight he's so. actually in
0: pretty good shape but you're Not just easy. you just really love talking about everybody's body um <laughs> All right. Juicy J, Julian Arosa at 25 and eight, taking on Sungwoo Choi at nine and three. My man Sting taking on Juicy J. Sounds like a battle of two wrestlers from 1996. Mm. Juicy J taking on Sting. Juicy J, Julian Arosa at a plus 122. Sungwoo Choi at a minus 142, over on rounds at two and a half. I'm going to be honest with you, Trey. I think the odds makers got this one wrong. Julian Rose has come okay. back from his stint away from the UFC and has looked dynamite. Yeah. Flying knee win over Nate Landwehr Prior to that, who did he, he knocked out somebody prior to that too? Did he not? If I'm oh, not yeah. mistaken, he's back to back knockout finishes. Um, Sean Woodson by darch choke. Yeah, that's what, yeah. It, that wasn't even a knockout. So we're mixing it up. He's a, he's a freaking factotum. He's a he's a master of none. My man is all over the place. I'm taking Julian Arosa here. Relentless pressure, the ability to mix it up. Sung Wu Choi is there to be hit. Doesn't have great jits. Doesn't have great submission. Does hit hard. Does have good cardio. But the wrestling, the scrambles are going to be wild. He's going to get caught. Julian Arosa, my man, plus money. I'm taking two plus money boys right off the rip. Two out of three plus money. Let's go.
1: Dude, this one makes me a little nervous, though. Arosa, I like him because he's aggressive. Dude, this guy... Freaking rips lines of coke in the locker room and then comes out mm. there freaking mm. um I love that. I love that aggressive style. That flying knee. That spinning shit. That in your face. Willing to take a couple punches to land his punch. He's all about that. And yes, he does look better on this second go around. Joy, on the other hand, is going to be the more technical boxer. Um, and if we see as a more rounded fighter. When we go back and watch Choi when he fought uh, Yusuf Salal, dude, he negated the takedown pretty much every single time. So while there will be scrambles and stuff, I think the more well-rounded fighter is Choi. I actually like Choi by decision. But Mm -hmm. if I actually want to play this, I want to play this, I'm going to go with Juicy J because I think if he's going to get it done, he's going to get it done in fantastic fashion. I think Choi is going to make it a very boring fight and point fight all the way to the end. But I'm going to go with that plus money because it is Juicy and I like GCJ.
0: Have has anybody ever seen Julian Arosa, Billy Corinthiano, and Bill Algio in the <laughs> same room at the same time? <laughs> Have the three of those men ever been seen in the same room at the same time?
1: <laughs> There's no way.
0: I don't think so, because I believe Julian Arosa, Bill Algio, and same freaking people. Billy Corinthiano are the same person.
1: I swear. Yeah, absolutely.
0: It's like whatever whatever they were making at the clone factory, they just like were pumping one out. It ran out a little bit of juice. Then the next mm-hmm. one, a little bit less juice. And then the next one,
1: a little extra juicy J a
0: little extra juicy J man. Juicy J was the prototype. I like, I like a Rosa here, man. I, I can see the Choi by decision play being, being favorable, but um, I like, I like choy Is that another one that said at two and a half? Was that at two and a half as well?
1: I believe that one was at two and a half. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Two and a half. So here's, what's crazy about this, right? Is that, if you remember correctly, we said going into the last card, we were like, you know, all but two fights were favored to go to the uh, – were favored to go to the judge. I was like, there's got to be more finishes than that. There has to be. Yeah. Statistically, we're going to have more finishes than that. Mm-hmm. There were two
1: mm-hmm. all night.
0: Um, wow. Not the ones we thought even, but there yeah. were two. And m- me and in my infinite wisdom was like, oh, I'm just going to play every over. Or play every under rather, and I'll, yeah. I'll if I hit more than than not, then I'm going to come out on top. So yeah, st- statistics are on my side. So those those were those were bets that weren't even on my slip that right. I, I put it in the comments that I was playing all the overs, but it didn't say on there all the overs. So I, I, I it was a bloodbath. It was a bloodbath. The flip side of that is too is that Alexis Davis won that fight against what's her face, uh, Panny Kianzad. You can't tell me anything otherwise. She outstruck her. She clearly won two rounds. I don't care that Panty did more damage. Alexis Davis won that fight. That was criminal. That was criminal. They took that from yeah. that girl. She won that fight. And I'm not saying that's a women's dog. She won that fight.
1: Robbery. Um, yeah.
0: That, that was a robbery. That was a robbery. Um, now, the flip side of that, and I'll say this to Drew on Tuesday when we talk to him, is that I thought Drew won round one, and I thought Brad won round two. And I thought round three was as even it was as it was going to get up until Brad rocked him. And as soon as Brad rocked him, I said, well, that's it. We're done. We're done. Because it had all the makings for a split decision because round three was razor close. Uh, But as soon as he rocked him, I was like, oh, we're done here. We're done.
1: Well, I think also it depends on what type of judges judges you have. I mean, there's such a broad array of judges out there. There's the ones that are actually going to take the significant strikes, even if it's not a strike that's actually rocking you, and tally those up. Or there's going to be the ones that see the rocking and weigh that much heavier than everything else. It's like, what type of judging are you going to get? I think that Drew landed the heavier punches without a doubt. Yeah. Until that third round punch. But Brad Riddell, kickboxing specialist, what do you think he's going to do? Pump out the volume just like he did.
0: Yeah, he made the adjustments after round one and came. He he did exactly what he needed to do, right? He weathered the early storm. He got cracked right off the jump. He held on, gained his composure, lost the rest of the round, but while keeping it competitive and still landing shots. And then took over in round two, but he did so at the cost of quite a bit of energy. And then in round three comes out and things are fairly even. And here's what I understand, right? Like the stat was he landed five of 11 takedowns. I don't necessarily love those stats because when you take them down and they pop right back up, you know, and here's the thing is I find myself depending on what side I'm betting wavering on how much I care about that. Right. Like, Part of me says a takedown is a takedown. If I you were on the feet and I put you on the ground, doesn't matter that you got right back up. I took you down. The other part of me says, well, if you if you advance to a position and you can't keep it or you lose it immediately, was it worth all that much? Five of eleven takedowns. Whenever you, Matt return him and he gets back up, is that really? I mean, how much weight do we put in that?
1: Yeah, but I loved it. <laughs> Doberg shooting for a takedown in the second. Who yeah. would have thunk it? That's like our other friend Calvin Cater, dude. If he's on, throws a leg kick. We'd all be like, "What the fuck?"
0: Yeah. Well, I told him the other day when I saw him, he posted that video on Instagram where he threw a kick, and I'm like, I, yeah. I sent him a message. What are you doing throwing kicks, dude? Stop just it. Stop. And, and he was like, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> he was like, You're right, man. I'm sorry, I won't do that anymore. It's like, Yeah, dude, don't
1: do that. Just don't do, just, stay yeah. in your lane,
0: bro. Yeah. Just, don't, don't <laughs> you do that.
1: You text us before you do that,
0: dude. Yeah, man, don't do that. Uh, I'm here to I'm here to make sure you look good. All right. Marlon Cheeto Vera at 18, 7 and 1, taking on Davy Grant at eleven and four. If I'm not mistaken, this is a rematch. It um is. yeah. So Davy Grant plus 172, Marlon Vera minus 197. I'm looking at Marlon Cheeto Vera here, Trey, with the overrunner on rounds being two and a half. I'm looking at Cheeto as a solid parlay piece I for agree. Saturday. I think Cheeto's gonna win this fight. I think he's gonna do so decisively. I know Davy Grant, if I'm not mistaken, just got himself a knockout victory, did he not? He knocked out somebody he was supposed Don't to lose to. Jonathan yeah. Martinez cost cost me a little bit of money on that because I believe I was pretty big on Martinez. Mm-hmm. And um, I know David Grant's, you know, he's a veteran. He's been around. He's a little bit older now, a little bit wiser. Same thing for Cheeto, though. Here's the thing I don't understand Cheeto's management uh, mm-hmm. when it comes to. So Cheeto beats Sean O'Malley. All
1: right. Allegedly.
0: Then, allegedly. It's up for debate.
1: I still think Cheeto won, but allegedly.
0: Right. Allegedly, he beats him. Okay. But Cheeto beats Sean O'Malley. Let's hop in the in the time machine real quick.
1: Okay. He
0: beats Sean O'Malley. Next fight, you throw him to the murderer that is Jose Aldo. Okay. And then when you lose that fight, they have you fight Davey Grant, which is essentially a layup. Why is there nothing in between? Why don't you get, like, the normal step? Just the normal step. You beat a hot prospect. Give him somebody ranked, like, in the top 10. Don't give him Jose Aldo. And then when he loses to Jose, give him unranked, nowhere near the top 30, Davey Grant. There's no ebb and flow to that.
1: Well, dude, I feel like Sean O'Malley probably has the same type of management. Can you tell me that there's any logic the way that he's getting his his – I mean, unless he's just seeking knockouts, but dude, I'm sorry. People were talking this undefeated fighter. A lot of people were talking Dan Ige, even though Sean O'Malley wasn't ranked at the time. If he were to have won that Sean O'Malley fight, that he would be in the talks for a title shot. That's not a joke. Like that was the narrative going out there. Sean O'Malley, on the other hand, takes the loss, comes back, knockout. And then who's he fighting now? Freaking um, Jamal, uh, Dude, what's the kid's name? Uh, dude, I'm blanking because he's a freaking nobody. Um, God, dude, super lanky guy. Why am I blanking? Who is Sean O'Malley? For? Oh, Louis Smolka. Louis Smolka. I
0: forgot. I didn't know who you were talking about. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. So I'm just saying. I think the management's just widely
0: out of out of no, order. I, I think they're doing exactly what they need to do with Sean O'Malley. I think I think Sean O'Malley's being managed a lot better than Cheeto is. And I'll I'll say this, right? So think about this from a boxing perspective. When you bring up a prospect in boxing, you want to give him different looks. You want him to get a couple quick knockouts because you want to build confidence in your fighter. But then you slowly start bringing in different different prospects, right? Or different looks. You have them fight a southpaw. You have them fight a veteran. You have have them fight a Mexican. You You have them fight a brawler. You have them fight a technical guy. And you give them different looks to give them more or give her more time in the cage or in the ring rather to see different things. So that way, by the time that they start ramping up the competition, you can say, I've been there. I've done that before. I've seen this. I can make the adjustments. If you look at Sean O'Malley, right? Sean O'Malley comes into the UFC. He fights Jose Quinonez, right? Quinonez is going to be there to be punched. They wanted him to knock out Jose, and he did exactly that. So then they have him fight Eddie Wineland. Eddie Wineland is a game veteran, and it's one of those things where you say, well, Eddie's either going to beat him, but through just wily veteran savvy, or he's going to get knocked out because he's, to you, your word, he's been eroding for years now. Mm-hmm. And it's a former champion on his record.
1: Right.
0: Cheeto Vera was a fight he was supposed to win. That was two prospects going against each other. Um, and Cheeto beat him. I don't care about the injury or not, right? So then what do you do? You put him against a super technical kickboxer. Can Sean O'Malley last through the kickboxer? And he beats Thomas Almeida. Now you have him fight Lewis Smolka. Lewis Smolka has headlined events before. Lewis Smolka is good on the ground. Lewis Smolka is decent with the hands. He's long. He's lanky. He's been there. He's been cut. He's been brought back. This is a guy that is younger but still has veteran status. Still has big show status. He's going to give your guys good looks. He's not going to come out there and get starched in the first thirty seconds against Sean O'Malley. He's going to make this ugly. Sean O'Malley is going to have to win an ugly fight. I see in the comments that Smolka is getting knocked out. I don't. If he does, it's not going to be early. I think this fight's uglier before it gets pretty for sean o'malley and i think that's what they want i think they want him in an ugly fight here he needs to show some grit and smolka will give him some grit
1: i agree i agree um pulling it back to vera for a second sorry yeah
0: go ahead we got way off topic here Cheeto Vera, davy grant
1: no pulling it back um yeah he might be mismanaged a little bit here um i like he's not miscoached though I no, like how he's coached. Yeah. Um, I think that whole Ruka headquarters is doing something right. I think Jason Prio, as it relates to his striking, has helped him exponentially. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a guy that's known for his striking. His striking has been on par. Wasn't so shown in uh, his last bout. But the good thing is he at least he got the looks. He got the highest echelon looks as it relates to striking on the feet from Jose Aldo that he'll get anywhere so if you think he's coming in prepared to davy grant he's over prepared yeah marlon chito vera is a jiu-jitsu wizard in that ruka headquarters he got at pretty much the exact same weight he's got Mackenzie Dern to train with every single day his jitsu is on par he's not known to be a wrestler but his hands have evolved so if he can utilize those hands to kind of back davy grant up get it up against the cage maybe get his butt on the ground exercise jiu-jitsu that is the play i'm gonna go cheeto by sub davy grant dude very well rounded but he's always had the biggest void in his game, and it is grappling and jiu-jitsu. So Cheeto Vera is tailor-made to win this fight, and I'm going to go by sub, get turn that minus 197 into some plus cash.
0: My only concern with Cheeto, my only concern with him, is sometimes he takes his foot off the gas on fights that he's winning or he thinks he'll win. Mm. He will peel back a little bit, and he'll coast, and he'll give up a round. Um, or he'll find himself in a disadvantaged position because he's taken his foot off the gas. He can't yeah. do that against Davy Grant. All right,
1: it's hard for me to watch his fights, dude, because I know we always talk about him looking like a grasshopper, but yeah, it's literally Pac Man with legs. It's yeah, it's, he,
0: it's, it's it's strange, man. His dimensions are very strange. All right, coming to bed in the evening, Alexia Linick at 59 15 and one. That's a real record, taking on Sergey <laughs> Spivak at 12 and two. We got the polar bear taking on the boa constrictor here. Uh, look, man. Over on arounds at one and a half, every fiber of my being says take Sergey Spivak, <laughs> but there's this little tiny tingle on the back of my neck that says maybe Alexia Linick has one more good one left in him. One more grab you, spin down to the ground, grab a leg, weird scramble, catch a choke, grab an arm, get an ankle, something strange. We're talking about a guy with 70-plus fights here, Trey. 70-plus mixed martial arts bouts. This guy was born a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away.
1: <laughs> Dude, he's, he's, he's almost a 500 fighter in the UFC at 8 and 6.
0: But not, not overall in his career. He's 59 and 15. Imagine having prof- – ha- let's just do this. Let's just say professionally – You did anything 74 times, 75, because there's a draw in there, right? And you only were unsuccessful 15 of those times.
1: Depends where you're coming from, dude. If you're coming Ah. from jungle fights, I've had like 50 fights.
0: doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm just saying anything professional, if you'd only done it 75 times and lost 15, you would be considered elite.
1: Elite. For sure. I know he's, he's extremely scary. Those subs. I mean, of those eight fights that he has won in the UFC, the seven have come by a finish most more likely than not a submission. Do that head and arm choke that he has, he can get the thing straight up against the cage. He is a strong, old dude. He's got that dad strength, dude. And it is no joke. Speedback though, dude, he's 17 years younger. He's way more aggressive. And the one thing we've seen in the latter half of Alexia and career is he can't hang with the young bucks, dude, whether that's the cardio draining him or the quick, quick twitch, you know, muscle explosions. He's just, he's a half a step behind To get those submissions, you have to be calculated. And maybe, to your point, maybe, ever so maybe, he could slip into something and get that type of choke or that submission. Sure. Why not sprinkle a little bit on Alexi by sub? That's the only play. That's the only play on him. But, no, Sergey Spivak, talk about the polar bear. That is a Cox Mountain warrior right there. You cannot bet against a minus 235 that is Spivak.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to bet against him. I might just avoid this fight altogether. This might be a dog or pass situation for me because I don't love the inexperience of Spivak. The, the, the experience of Alexi Olenek makes me slightly nervous. Probably dog or pass. Uh, I'm I really just going to watch it and just just take a fight off. <laughs> I'm just going to take the fight off, to be honest with you. Um, my, my biggest concern... Honestly, with Linux, I mean his his striking has always been lackluster at best, Ben Askren level striking. Right. Uh, My concern with him, more so than that, is that he's been getting stung lately. He's he's able to be hurt. I mean, you're talking about a guy that used to be for a while had like a pretty pretty solid chin, and then has just sort of that's kind of gone away. And Spivak's hungry man, and he's come. I think he's on a was he on a two or three fight win streak. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I just the more I talk about this fight, the more I want to avoid it. All right, a fight I'm not going to avoid is the main event. Trey Chan Sung Jung at 16 and six feels like he should have 30 more fights on his record, right? Not mm-hmm. just a total of 24 to, uh, fights, but the Korean zombie himself is taking on Dan Ige at 15 and three. Dan 50k Ige. You know, if I'm Dan, if I'm Dan Ige, I'm changing my nickname and trying to put some. Put some more spec on that on that price point. It should be Dan 100K EGA. Like, yeah. Don't sell yourself short here. If you call yourself 50K, you're going to manifest that into your life. Dan 100K EGA.
1: Yeah. Up,
0: it, up it a little bit. Up it.
1: Five mil, dude.
0: Right. and 5 mil EGA. There you go. Yeah. Speak it into existence. All right. It's so Hawaii boy. I'll let you go first, man. What you got?
1: Dude. It's hard hard to break this down because I don't feel like we actually saw a normal Korean zombie in his last fight. Mm. I don't. I mm. think we saw him walk out and it was a deer in headlights, mm. not the normal Korean zombie we're privy to. I will say though, a brawler that is Korean zombie standing on the feet versus a guy who is clearly done really well standing on the feet with his boxing and Danny Ige—that's not even his strong suit, dude. His strong suit is his jiu jitsu and his grappling. And that's where Zombie doesn't want to be at all. Zombie's got great takedown defense, but you got a guy that's smaller, more wiry, guys more explosive. And I just didn't see enough out of him in the Ortega fight to understand, like, hey, maybe he's just kind of lost the fight. You know, we have a friend of the show, obviously, that trained pretty significantly with Korean Zombie, and he was very, very hard set on the fact that Korean Zombie was going to come in there and murder Brian Ortega. I'm wondering if, one, maybe his heart wasn't in it, but then, two, did Brian Ortega's jiu-jitsu put a piece in the back of his head that's like, man, I'm freaking out that this could happen at any moment. The same piece in the back of his head is going to be in association to Dan Ige. Dan Ige, he knows, has the jiu-jitsu. He knows he has the grappling. Is that going to make him overthink his shots, play a little bit more reserved, and we're going to get a lackluster performance like we did last time? I don't know.
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I honestly I just wonder about the killer instinct of zombie, right? Mm-hmm. And one one thing about uh Chan Sung Jung is he is he's in rarefied air. Um there's only really kind of two other fighters I can think of that it's acceptable to just refer to them as their nickname and everybody knows who they are. Um he is he has somehow garnered a persona that is bigger than his actual namesake. So there is something to it. Like if you, if you're recently following the sport and you're not aware of who the Korean zombie is, or you've only seen him more recently, like the fight against Yair Rodriguez, the fight against Brian Ortega, maybe even the fight against who was that Dennis Bermudez. Um, If those are like your recent introductions to a guy like Korean zombie, I encourage you to go back and watch some of his older body of work. Yeah when he's a bully he's Killer. he's untouchable yeah when he's when he sees red when he's walking you down when he's hurting you with power um he's he's very you know he's damn near impossible to kill hence the the zombie moniker and we just haven't seen that guy lately and that being said we saw him for most of the yair rodriguez fight and then he got knocked out and there's something about doing your best and still coming up short that takes something out of you. And it's, it's amplified the older you get, right? Like when you were, when you were in high school or you were in college or you were fresh out of college, it felt okay to fail. It sucked, but it was okay. Right? Like you failed, yeah. you pick yourself up, you try again. Cause you know, you got more time, right? right. When you get into your thirties, And you start having kids and you've got a business or jobs or people depending on you and the responsibility meter starts going and filling up and you try your best and you fail. It screws with your head on any level, professional athlete or not. And Zombie did his mandatory service in the Korean military, came back, beat Dennis Bermudez, weight lifted off the shoulders, right? Had the fight against uh Frankie Edgar weight lifted off the shoulders Yair Rodriguez you're flying high you're doing your best you get knocked out come back fight Brian Ortega you're completely outclassed like what not in a non-competitive fight not competitive at all outclassed so you tried your best against Yair came up short come in think you're going to reinvent yourself reinvent the wheel come back show that you've got it still you get outclassed again what is your mental state going into this? And again, this is we're, we're we're flying around the world. We're coming to Vegas. We're doing all this over again. Yes, he has a big show experience, but Dan Ige confidence never higher. Right. Once one minute win over a hot prospect, knockout like knock him out with the first punch. New baby, like just it just you, you're if you're Dan Ige, you're in your best life right now, in the prime of your career. If you're Korean Zombie, you're trying to figure out how you can capture what you once had, and reinvent—not even reinvent yourself, but just figure out how to capture lightning again. I think the mental is what's what's beating Korean Zombie.
1: You just threw me for such a loop. First off, did you just say Danny just had a brand new baby? I'm pretty sure he did.
0: Did he not? Or she's
1: pregnant? Okay, good. Oh, thank God, dude. Thank God. If you yeah, had a I baby, know, dude, I, you're changing my whole bet.
0: I know, I know, but I'm pretty I'm pr-
1: <laughs>
0: I wanna consult the yeah. old oh, oh,
1: Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, dude, here's the thing. It, what you were just saying, your whole your your whole logic for a Korean zombie to me sounds like a participation trophy. Yeah, you're the biggest anti-person of participation trophies I've ever met in my entire life. And essentially what oh, you you're saying, them. well, no, what you're saying is a Korean zombie has gotten to this point where He lived up the hype, (laughs) takes a loss. It is what it is. Gave it his all. He kind of is in this just like flutter pattern. We've seen Korean Zombie over the last part of his career be this win, win one, lose one type fighter. Matthew McConaughey came out on Instagram and did this viral values thing that I freaking couldn't stand. But essentially he was saying in life, if you give it your all, if you give it your all and you lose, you should be so content. No. No, right?
0: No, that ain't it.
1: That ain't it. That, that ain't, ain't it. it that ain't it. That ain't it. Yeah, and
0: Ege had a I, Ige had a baby right after the Gavin Tucker fight, I believe. Baby's baby's not super fresh, but baby's pretty fresh. Still got a soft skull. Still got a little squishy.
1: We taking any weight in that? I'm not. Okay.
0: I'm not. Um, all right. It's not that. It's it's new, but it's not it's not that new. Normally, I'm all about it, but he's he's been on such a he's been on such a ride lately.
1: Right. This isn't a Danger Cerrone type deal. This thing. isn't
0: a Danger Cerrone thing. They're in a, they're at different points in their career.
1: Okay, that's good. Yeah,
0: my All opinion. Right. I think they're in different. I think I think Ige is in a different spot in his career when he had a baby, as opposed to when, where Cowboy was at. And Got also, it. Cowboy has shown himself to have performance anxiety where Ege has not.
1: Right. right. So
0: I I will temporarily suspend the belief that. New fatherhood's gonna screw Danny Ige here now. If Danny gay goes out and gets beat pantedly by Korean zombie, egg on my face. We gotta ride new new dad Jinx till till the end. At that point,
1: so I like Ige by decision.
0: I like Ige by decision as well. I like Ige by decision or late stoppage. Um, watch it be like a first round knockout. I'd be so pissed off if that's the case. There's no, there's, right. there's no way. All right, let's rifle through these prelims pretty quick, man. Uh, it's been. It's been, it's been a weird long week and you've got stuff to do. I've got stuff to do and we're recording early for a reason. And our guest canceled on us last minute, no offense. So we're just going to roll through these real quick. All right. Laura Procopia taking on Casey O'Neill, Casey O'Neill at six and O Laura Procopia, Procopia, however you want to say it at seven and one. Women's underdogs are one thing, Trey, but it's a, something completely different. When you're women's underdogs, Casey O'Neill at plus 125 or 126, and Laura Prokoppi is at minus 146. I know Laura's just, or Lara, rather, is just coming off the win over Molly McCann, and you know I love me some meatball. But, dude, Casey O'Neill, I know it was Shannon Dobson, but, dude, the pace, the ground oh God, and pound. Dobson, the, the, I know. I know. The, the Tiger Muay Thai background, she's undefeated. She thinks her shit don't stink. She's going to come in there. Laura Procopia has been, or Lara, however you say her name, has been relatively inactive. Two fights in the last like three years, I believe. Right. Casey O'Neill, though, I mean, if she can impose her will on Lara like she did Shayna Dobson, there's not a lot of chicks out there that she can't beat, man. Um, plus, money, too. Women's, it's science. It's science. Plus, the universe owes me one for that Alexa Davis nonsense.
1: I feel like the Run It Back podcast, they're all, I don't know if it's, is, is Casey from Australia?
0: She's She's from Australia, but grew up in Scotland. So she's got the most hodgepodge accent
1: ever, yeah. Just ever. like throws up words.
0: I mean, sort of, yeah. It's, 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 it's unique listen to, listening to her talk. But I mean, I think, I don't know which side she's identifying more with. I know she was with our boys over, she's, you know, part of their show alumni. Here's a fun fact. And this is my fault. This again, things where I've dropped the ball. Casey O'Neill actually agreed to come on our show Sick. and I, ne- and I never followed up with her. Ah,
1: that's cool. Nice. My bad. Okay. That's it. my beat. <laughs> my B.
0: Well, so I'll sit out. I'll, we'll, we'll figure it out.
1: We'll figure <laughs> okay. It out. I'll well, see if yeah. I can do something. Dude, I love Tiger Muay Thai, man. I think that's one of the best striking gyms in the world. Of course um, it is. She's aggressive. Um, She's not a, she's not scared to grapple. Um, yeah. And that's what she knows she's going to get from Laura, dude. She's going to get a grapple-heavy approach, someone smaller who's literally putting everything in their jujitsu. Hmm. I'm going to throw a little bit on Procopio by sub because that is yeah. literally her only way to get this done. Casey yeah. O'Neill by stoppage. I like under two and a half. I really do in this fight. Now, I don't yeah. like that happen many, many times in women's fights, but I like the under two and a half just because of the confliction in styles. One has a massive void on the feet. The other one has... Not a massive void on the ground, but she could definitely you know be willing to get sub because of her aggression. So Laura by sub, Casey by by TKO. I'm going under two and a half.
0: Yeah. Talking about another grasshopper, Casey O'Neill, nothing but legs. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah.
1: Like very a Vegan Anderson, dude.
0: Yeah. Very weird dimension-wise. Very vegan
1: Anderson's like the biggest grasshopper I've ever seen.
0: Jermaine to me.
1: Oh, yeah. Jermaine me is a grasshopper. Shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, Megan Anderson versus Jermaine Duran. He's like watching two kangaroos <laughs> fight each other. All right. Yeah, it is. Joaquin Silva taking on Rick Glenn. Rick Glenn at 21-6 and one Joaquin Silva at 11-2. If you know me at all, you know that you already know where I'm going with this fight, and it's freaking Rick Glenn. I love guys that fight like Rick Glenn. Dude, wrestle-heavy approach, not afraid yeah. to bleed, and great cardio. Those are the re- – I mean, the only thing – the only knock against him it's not a knock because he's you know my opinion the greatest country in the world however he doesn't he's not a caucus mountain warrior so that's really the only knock against him from an mma perspective if i'm going to build my perfect fighter i build it using the, some, some of the blueprint that was made that is made of rick glenn i like non-stop cardio i like wrestling i like a, a propensity to bleed and mix it up with the hands and he calls himself the Spartan, too. So, I mean, that's a little played out, but I don't care, man. I like Rick Glenn, Joaquim Silva, minus 135. I'm taking more plus money here, man. It was my downfall last week. Live by the sword, die by the sword. Give me more plus money, man, Rick Glenn.
1: Do you want to take Rick Glenn? I do, but I feel like the dude has identity issues, mm. you know? you know going from lightweight to featherweight obviously the past i think four fights he's been at featherweight he's been an absolute animal taking out people like gavin tucker who i love me some gavin tucker um but here's the thing dude he hasn't fought since 2018 yeah um and then also dude which makes me not like him even more is he left team alpha male dude oh he's out
0: he's out of alpha male i didn't know that
1: yeah so that wrestle heavy approach which made sense because alpha male is like the alpha place to get your wrestling. He's he's gone from there. So Mm, mm. Joakim Silva, I mean, he's had some good things, but what a fight of the night stoppage over Jared Gooden,
0: (laughs) Jared Gordon
1: or Gordon. Yeah, dude.
0: Yeah. Jared Gooden's Uh, the guillotine King. Remember Jared Jared Gordon's the junkie.
1: (laughs) That's right. Um, I'll take Rick Glenn too. X junkie.
0: Sorry. X recovering junkie.
1: A Court McGee type uh, junkie.
0: I think I actually think Jared Gordon was worse, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Ooh. So,
0: if you're into well, that kind of stuff, if you want to rate junkieism, I think Jared Gordon was in a worse spot.
1: I'll take Rick Glenn. I like the over two and a half.
0: Hey, speaking of junkies, um, last weekend, right? The one fight that 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 wasn't that was supposed to go to decision that did not, your uh what you call it, Terrence McKenna, McKinnon, or whatever his name, yeah, knocking out Matt Frivola in the first seven seconds of it, and then right. blowing his knee out like a dumb, dumb lollipop, yeah. jumping off the cage.
1: Johnny Walker,
0: yeah. Johnny Walker style. Did you ever have you ever seen the police video from him?
1: No, he got oh, busted.
0: No, so my man was on a super bad trip from shrooms and then cut his neck open. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: What? Yeah, man. No way.
0: Yes way. And there's like video of him. He's like half naked, leaning up against this fence and the cops roll up on him and his neck's all laid open. It's pretty, it's pretty gnarly video.
1: Uh, Ah, party animal. All right.
0: Yeah, man. Drugs. Not even once. All right. (laughs) Um, no, man, I mean, if you're looking at Joaquim Silva, the guy's been in the UFC since 2015. He's been around for a long time, right? Uh, you know, wins at, he has that win over Reza who I actually liked Reza whenever he was around, but lost to Vince Pichelle, lost to Hack Hakperast. He's losing to, be, to the better echelon guys, right? And yeah. I, I think that, yes, Rick Glenn hasn't fought in three years, and normally that's my stay-away cue when you haven't fought in three years, but I still like the idea of Rick Glenn a bad Rick Glenn being able to beat Joe jo- jo- or Joaquim Silva. I still think he can
1: beat him. He's got good competition, dude. Kevin Aguilar, he took that on freaking late notice. Granted, he lost, but that's that's legit. I that think Rick Glenn legit. did. Rick yeah, Glenn did. that's what I'm saying. No, yeah. yeah.
0: No, Rick Glenn's good. That's what I'm saying. I, I like Rick Glenn. I just, you know, the fact that he's been away for three years and you can get him at plus 115 against a guy that's been active since 2015 speaks volumes to the skill level of rick glenn versus how Vegas feels about Joaquim silva they're trying to mitigate loss here and bring yeah. in uh they're trying to bring in the, the you know the, the bigger plays on the plus money or the even money here all right let's yes, see here sir. what else we got keeping it moving uh rocky martinez or Roque martinez 15 and 7 josh parisian at 13 and 4. this is first team all bad body both of these guys i'm not big on body shaming but this is a nightmare matchup if you're if you're watching it visually don't recommend uh, you judging the peak performance of an athletic male off of e- either one of these guys. I like Josh Parisian here, but he's going to have a hard time knocking out that big head of, of Rocky Martinez. But I'm still going to take him at a minus 145 over on the rounds of one and a half. Not interested in the over under on rounds, but I am interested in taking Parisian more than likely this is either going to be a quick knockout or a super ugly weird jiggly decision.
1: <laughs> Dude I can't take Parisian. I never will. If you're gassing out to Parker Porter, the fattest of all fat people. Yeah, like, Parker
0: Porter put a pace on him, though.
1: I Dude, I, you're gassing out to Parker
0: right, Porter, man. dude. He's got to
1: outlast Parker Porter for one and a half rounds. He got the win. The thing that's weird, though, is Parker Porter was actually able to close the distance. And that's the thing I think that Raque is going to be able to do. He's going to be able to close that distance. And I think he is going to gas Josh out. Um, I like Martinez. Um, I like what I saw in the Dante Mayo's fight. I think I think he did well there. He, he countered really well. He's a little slow to start. So if anything of this entire fight, I can see this fight going to over one and a half. Slow start with Rocky. I think Josh is good for one round, so he's not going to die, and then it's over.
0: Yeah, over one and a half seems good. I like that because I kind of like the decision as well. All right. Fight I'm most excited about on the card, at least prelim speaking. Matthew Semelsberger at eight and two, taking on Chaos, Chaos Williams at 11 and two. Uh, you know Matthew Semelsberger really well because he knocked out your boy Jason Witt after you told me that Jason Witt was going to stomp him, and Matthew Semelsberger knocked him out in what was that like twenty four seconds? Um, Jason Witt, known for his chin, is what you said, and Matthew Semmelsberger slept him. So Chaos Williams, oh, known-
1: dude, you're going to you're going to say that and not let me rebuttal for a second. By the way, Chaos Williams knocked out your boy Alex Morona, who you were super high on the Great White. So, I dude,
0: very true. <laughs> okay. Also true. So uh, that being said, I like Semmelsberger in this fight <laughs> over Chaos Williams, man. I think Semmelsberger is the more well-rounded martial yeah. artist. He needs to avoid the big shot and do it yeah. early. If he can avoid the big shot early, the fight's his wherever he wants it. He can wrestle him. He can outstrike him after he gets him a little bit tired. You can't go in there and throw fresh with Chaos. Yeah. you got to stretch this out a little bit. you got to make him miss. you got to make him work. Semelsberger can sub him Semelsberger can wrestle death him Semelsberger can knock him out after the first round, but he can't go out there and engage in a bunch of 50, 50 exchanges with chaos Williams. And I think Matthew Semelsberger is smart enough to know that I just need him to execute on it and implement some high fight IQ and do what you need to do to get a win over chaos Williams. I haven't taken any, I don't think I've taken any minus money tonight outside of Cheeto Vera I'm not going to do it here either. I'm taking more plus money on Matthew Semelsberger. Follow or fade me this week at your own peril. I'm saying it now. More plus money, more Matthew Semelsberger.
1: I'm all about it, dude. I think you said it perfectly. I think Chaos Williams is super one-dimensional, and we saw that with the Michelle Pereira fight. Matthew Semelsberger is a guy that's going to give you different looks. He's going to throw in different types of strikes. He's going to work the body, go upstairs. He can throw in some takedowns if need be. Chaos Williams does not do well when he's shown a bunch of different looks. He does well when someone wants to engage with him and throw hands, and he's the one standing above because he holds a ton of power on those fists. I like Matthew Semelsberger just for the variety he's going to show. I think Chaos Williams is going to be confused. He's going to leave himself open. I don't know if he's actually going to get it done. I don't like the one and a half. I think the one and a half is predominantly put there because of what Chaos Williams has done historically. But I do mm-hmm. like Semelsberger to get that. So I think plus 135, just stay safe there at a money line. You're good.
0: Yeah, it's actually at a, um over one and a half minus 145 unders at even money. Yeah. Interesting. All right, man. Verna Janjiroba taking on Kanaka Murata. Um, Murata is at 12 and one. Verna Janjiroba is at 16 and two. This is a weird fight for me, man, because I kind of. Has a weird eye? Yeah, it's got a weird eye. She You can't <laughs> sneak up on Verna. Um, she's always on the lookout for enemies, but she is dangerous when she fights, man. And Kanaka Murata has looked good in her last scrap. This is an interesting women's bout. I know we say women's plus money is the play, or I say women's plus money is the play, but when I can get it at kind of even money, I don't necessarily know how much I love Kanako Murata here. What? I I I don't I, I like it. I don't love it though. I don't love it.
1: I could sway you. I could sway you.
0: Sway me, then. Sway me. I mean, it doesn't, it's not going to take much. Tell me is going to win, and I'll go with you. I don't care.
1: Well, dude, you look at the 125 division. Who's the, the freaking grade-A wrestler in the 125? Diana oh, Suarez, dude.
0: Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go somewhere
1: she's, else. she's. I'm sorry. She's moving up to 125, 115. Um, so Murata is literally the grade-A wrestler in that division. Okay, um, I don't think Verna, as well as everyone talks about her having a great jiu jitsu background, she doesn't really wrestle herself into jiu jitsu. She kind of does this thing where she throws hands and hopes she falls into submission, much like you know, when she fought Mackenzie Dern, that was interesting for one reason and one reason only. They both do not have hands, it was who's going to slip up, who's going to slip on the banana peel first and be able to exercise their jiu jitsu. Sure. Now, if it goes down to jiu jitsu, Mackenzie Dern's obviously going to stomp Jern Jendaro, and that's what we thought. But yeah. we thought, okay, well, maybe she can negate the takedown. She can make this thing ugly on the feet. Verna has atrocious striking. Her mm. Jiu-jitsu, I just don't think is that good to negate the wrestling that Murata is going to bring into this. I think Murata is going to have the better hands. She's going to negate the takedown that Verna's not even going to try and do. She's going to come in with wild striking. I think it's going to be a super one-sided affair. I think it's going to be boring. It's going to get elongated over two and a half. But Murata should be able to exercise her wrestling, really make this fight Long, boring, and a win for her.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with it. That's fine, man. <laughs> Again, I my, my 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 interest level in this fight is, is low. It's low. Um all right. Feature prelim Alexa Kamer taking on Nikolai Negamoranu. is at nine and one. Alexa Kamer is at six and one. Light heavyweight tilt here, Trey. Alexa Kamer at minus two forty. Nikolai Negamaranu is at a plus 205 over and rounds at two and a half. Kamer is a parlay piece for me. I think he wins. I think he does so in devastating fashion against Nikolai. I just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on Kamer and Cheeto both as parlay pieces.
1: Ah, uh, dude, this one, it scares me because uh, Nikolai, he doesn't have good striking. He's the guy that like literally does like windmill throwing fists, dude, to try and get the thing to the ground. But I think. To your point, if Kamer stays composed, stays in the pocket, and uses technical boxing and striking, he'll get this thing done. I don't know if it's gonna be devastating, but I think that he's gonna be smart enough to know the barrage that's coming his way, and he'll be able to use his fight IQ, get in, get out.
0: He's thick, man. He's he's he he's thick boy, man. He's got he's got that real thick turtle shell back. I just he throws with power, man. Whether it looks like he's throwing hard or not, everything's coming at you with an ill intent. I'm taking Kamer. Like I said, I like him as a parlay piece. I like Chito Vera as a parlay piece. Um, if I'm looking to put some parlays together on Saturday night, those are the two guys I'm looking to do it with, um, either together or separate. All right, let's run through these real quick, man. That puts a bow on this bad boy. Who do you got? Laura Procopio Casey O'Neill?
1: I'm playing that on both sides, dude. I'm taking Casey O'Neill by TKO, or I'm taking Procopio by sub.
0: All right, I'll take Casey Joe Kim Silva, Rick Glenn.
1: I'm going to take uh, Rick Glenn.
0: I'll take Rick Glenn as well. Rocky Martinez versus Josh Parisian.
1: Take Martinez.
0: I like the over one and a half there. Yes, um, I like if, I, if I have to pick a side, I'll go Parisian, but I like the over one and a half over more so there. than anything else. Semelsberger, Chaos Williams.
1: Semelsberger.
0: I like Sem- send me the Jedi. Yes. Uh, Verna Jeanjiroba taking on Kanaka Murata. Murata. I'll go Murata. You swayed me. Alexa Kamer versus uh, Nikolai Negamaranu. Kamer. I'll take Kamer as well. Matt Brown versus Diego Lima.
1: Ooh, dude matt brown get back in the wind column
0: i need matt brown to get back on the wind column if not he's got to hang him up bruno silva taking on wellington Terman.
1: <laughs> bruno silva
0: under two and a half is what i'm at here yes. julian arosa sung Choi. juicy j juicy j all day marlon vera versus davy grant
1: give me some cheeto
0: i'm on cheeto too. alexa Linick versus sergey spivak uh
1: the polar bear spivak
0: yeah. Dogger pass for me. If I had to pick gun to my head, I'm taking speed back, but I don't love it. So I'm not playing it. Korean zombie Dan E.
1: 50 million.
0: Dan 50 million E. yep
1: I'm
0: on. I'm on board. I'm on board. All right. Uh, all right. Let's do one more thing real quick. What else did you have? You said you had some other bone you wanted to pick with me before we go. So what was it?
1: No, I feel I feel like you're you're down in the dumps, dude. And I'm I i do not want to just kick you while you're down. I don't know what's going on. I'll text you after the episode, but you seem kind of down, and I'm not gonna go hard in the paint
0: right now. What you got, man?
1: I'm not ready, dude. Letter rip, razor chip. No, I'm gonna ride high, dude. We got a hundred hundred reviews on iTunes. Thank you to the people that put in those last three reviews to get us to that triple digit number. That was massive algorithmically. The world will see Punchless MMA because of what you had done. This past week, so thank you.
0: Oh man, oh man, you're going in the world. We sit on the doors, we, 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 we walk up the stairs of greatness and knock on the door of eternity, dude. I've Thanks been watching
1: so many war movies since yeah. uh, freaking D Day, they've had Saving Private Ryan on like every weekend, so right. I'm just like, huh,
0: right? Ugh. It's you know what sucks about that, and I usually watch either Band of Brothers or uh Saving Private Ryan around D Day is that. I fully believe that Tom Hanks is a pedophile now. So I hate watching anything that he's in, even though I love that movie and it's one of my favorites. Do you Um, think he
1: moved to Greece for that one reason, one reason only? Yes. Oh, dude, you're... You're too deep in the rabbit hole. I can't. Believe I'm not. That.
0: I'm not too deep in the rabbit hole, man. Why else would you live your entire life in California? And then all of a sudden, whenever stuff starts hitting the fan about, you know, Hollywood elite pedophiles and the, and everything else, you just suddenly pick up and move to, to Greece with your wife.
1: Dude, I hate California so much. I will move to Greece. I don't care. Gavin Newsom has ruined this place. Oh, by the way, you'd be so proud of me, dude. Because do? the mask mandate in No, the mask mandate in California as of yesterday has been lifted. Yeah. So if you're a fully vaccinated person, you can walk into anywhere and not wear a mask. So dude, I went into the grocery store yesterday.
0: It's bullshit. And
1: I was the, dude, the whole world is in the same boat. I was the only one in the whole grocery store with no mask on. People are freaked out, dude. It's insane.
0: That's bullshit. So listen to what you just said. If you are vaccinated, you're allowed. Right. That's nonsense. You know why you're allowed? Because you're a human being on the planet Earth. Nobody allows you to do anything. You exist as a free, independent person walking the planet. There is no allow. You don't allow me to do anything. I will do as I want as I operate as a free enterprise individual in the United States of America. Allow is not real. He. That's an overstepping on bounds. Our forefathers are spinning in their graves. Guys like Gavin Newsom would have been hung and their body, drugged by the back of horses 150 years ago, 200 years ago. It's it's, it's staggering how soft we've gotten and how compliant it, we've been with this nonsense.
1: It will be allowed though, dude, because they're putting in verification systems to ensure that you're vaccinated. Verification. Oh, that's a real thing.
0: Verification, yeah. Verification. System. You can verify the business end of my pistol. How about that? <laughs> verify that verify the business end of my ar
1: verify my dirk
0: <laughs> verify that too i it's ridiculous it's ridiculous your li- rights and liberties and freedoms are being stolen by people with names and addresses and they need to be reminded of that that's all Did i'm you, saying
1: here's the thing i just want to move to greece because i think it would be cool to live on like a baller lake and maybe have some like prosciutto and wine and it's like weird. i don't know be all, all fancy of, maybe have a boat together. I don't know. I've always wanted to
0: have a boat. You should, yeah. Well, pretty soon we'll have to take we'll have to take the land anyway or take the sea anyway, right? Because they're gonna they'll try to.
1: Yeah, maybe we can talk about Atlantis now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, maybe now, maybe now we can talk about Atlantis. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Yes, I understand that you're you have to you're you're doing what you can, right? You have to provide and do what you can for your family in the position that you're in right now. Saying right now, regardless of political affiliation, party affiliation. If you're not upset with the way the U.S. government has grossly overstepped their bounds, you should reevaluate what it means to be an American. The reason why the Constitution was written the way that it is, is to encourage us that when the government gets to where it's at right now, we overthrow it and rewrite history. That's where we have been there. We have been at critical mass for a long time now, even before, oh, dude, dude, fucking Trump or whatever. It's even before him, before him, for the last 25 years, we have been there. These idiot politicians have been overstepping their bounds i'm going full ruby Ridge tonight you got me fired up i don't care i'm telling you they've been overstepping their bounds for years trey for years and they need to be checked
1: dude i'm right on the same FBI boat.
0: agent that listens to me all the time you heard what i said i said what i said
1: the second Amendment was put in place for government tyranny that's exactly what we're seeing today like this is where it needs to go stand up people stand the fuck up
0: there you go that's it buy yourself a gun trey please
1: I have a wiffle ball bat. I think I'm chill, and I'm plus I got chill. this sick ju- jiu-jitsu going, dude. Where's I've got all my geese right here. If someone breaks into my my house, dude, I'm putting my gi on, and I, re- I always said this, dude. I'm telling you, if I get into bar fight, I'm pulling guard, bro. I don't know how to use these hands. I'm pulling fucking guard.
0: All right, man. You do what you need to do. <laughs>
1: Dude, I'll put a mean Della in, dude, and push that guy out. Try and get mean, inside control and then be like, What's up, bud? What's up, dude? I'm think... fucking two points. <laughs>
0: two points. Yeah, it's definitely, you should definitely point, uh, do the point thing for sure. Um, all right. So let's do this. Uh, top locations last episode the US, Canada, Australia, the UK, Germany, New Zealand, Spain, Sweden, Norway, and India. Shout out to our Indian friends, uh, our Norwegian friends, our Swedish friends, our Spanish friends, our. New Zealander friends. What are they? Kiwis. 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 Uh, our sauerkraut eaten Wiener schnitzel licking German friends, uh, the UK, Australia, Canada, and obviously you red blooded Americans with your bald eagle feathers. Freaking love all you guys. Um, anyway, it is what it is. Uh, I, I suffered a bloodbath last week. I reinvent myself. I rise from the ashes like a Phoenix this week. Um, if you don't own a gun, go buy one. Uh, it's not too late. <laughs> and um, remember what I said. Your politicians that are stealing your, your rights and your freedom slowly have names and addresses.
1: <laughs> just,
0: and uh, above all that, be good to each other.
1: Bang, bang. <laughs>